God is omnipotent. God, God is all-powerful. God is limitless. I want to talk tonight about his attribute as being exactly that, all-powerful. I want to preach short, and then I want to open up the altar so that we can have some time actually experiencing his power firsthand. I, the, in, in the universe, in the, in the earth that we live on, there's so many things that have power. People in positions of authority have power, have, a, have an element of power about them. Barack Obama is called the most powerful man on the planet because he oversees the, most, um, the, the strongest military force on the planet. It's not the biggest, but it's the strongest. So you look at people like that and you go, That's, he's got an element of power. There's animals on the planet that can crush bones effortlessly. like They just, they just chomp through bones like it's butter. There's poisons that can kill humans in a matter of minutes. There's, there's weapons on the planet that, that can bring mass destruction. There's guns, grenades, bombs. When I was a wee little tacker, when I was a teeny bopper, um, fireworks were still legal. And I'm pretty sure that I'm partly to blame for the legislation change. I went out with a couple of mates and we bought a thousand bucks worth of fireworks. It was a worthy investment. And this is, when, this is before colour TV, so it was worth a lot more back then. Um, before smartphones. My Motorola, the, the, the key function about my Motorola is you could change the, the cover. Uh, and I had this one like attachment, bit of plastic with like jelly beans and that was like, whoo. Thousand bucks invested into fireworks. And we had some, some big fireworks. We had bungers the size of dynamite sticks that were, that were large. And um, one time I was, living with a, I was living with my boss at the time and he owned the house that we lived in. And we were mucking around with these fireworks and I lit one of these big bungers and as it was lit, I'm like, what am I going to do with it? I had, hadn't thought it through, I just got to the point of ignition. And I'd lit the thing and my boss goes, quick, throw it in the letterbox. And you know those secure letterboxes, the big steel ones that are in concrete pillars? One of those bad boys. So I threw the fuzzy pumper in the, in the letterbox and it, it exploded. <laughs> It cracked the concrete. The front of the letterbox was in the backyard. The, the other side was over the road in the, in the neighbor's yard. Um, we opened the letterbox and found my mate's mail was still in there. And I had to bring it in and give it to him with big chunks missing from it. It's powerful. There's, there's weapons on the planet that are powerful. A nuclear bomb can destroy a city in a moment. can wipe out millions of people. can make a, make a city... In, like unlivable for generations to come. There's elements on the planet, tornadoes, earthquakes, tsunamis. There's, there's things on the planet that have power. The sun is actually the equivalent of millions of nuclear bombs going off every second. That's the, the power of the sun. Aaron Westwood has a tattoo on his, on his hand that says, My God breathes stars. What, what the sun is, it's a, it's a star. And there's trillions of them in the universe. But the God that we know and the God that we serve, he spoke and the whole universe came into being. These things are powerful, but our God is infinitely more powerful. Infinitely more powerful. You can't compare the two. Ephesians 1.17 says it like this. I keep asking that the God of our glorious Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him more. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
so that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and title that can be given. Our God is all-powerful. All-powerful. Incomparably great power for us who believe. The key, the conduit, is this thing called faith, which we'll get to a bit later on. But we've got to realize that his power is incomparably great. We look at a nuclear weapon, we think, geez, that's fearfully strong. No. The God that I serve is incomparably stronger than any nuclear weapon, than any terrorist hothead, than, than anything that's out there that can seem daunting. But the thing about the power of my God is it's a, it's a life-giving, restorative power. It's an addiction-breaking power. It's, a, it's an anxiety-dissolving power. It's a, it's a liberating power. The enemy came, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but my God came to give us life and life to the full, to the full. There are people here tonight, like Gerard was saying, going through some hectic real stuff, going through some circumstantial trials, going through some mental trials, going through some emotional trials, going through all sorts of trials. Tonight, I'm believing God's going to meet you where you are. As I, as I teach around the subject of faith and connecting heart to heart with him, and we see the realities of his kingdom get released into people's lives here tonight. That's what I'm believing for. I'm believing that every person will leave with a revelation in their heart of, of who he is and what's available. And they're going to be in a place where they actually receive it. They're not going to leave the same because our God is omnipotent. Our God is all-powerful. Oh, we've got to realize that this power is available every day of our life. God is all-powerful, therefore, we should connect genuinely with him heart-to-heart -heart every day. Why would we not tap into the ultimate source of all power and engage heart-to-heart -heart in prayer, in worship, in scriptures, and, and let, his, let his word renew our thinking? We're transformed by the, by the renewing of our mind. We can let his word get, get in and transform our thinking so that we can see things differently. What I was speaking over Gerard is about a perspective shift. And I want to talk about how that is so relevant in accessing his power. When we realize that, that everything that comes against us in life is actually beneficial for us. When you, when you can get that on the inside of us and you can, you can, you can flip it around, it disarms the enemy. Paul says it like this, a tormenting spirit was given to me. He's talking about the thorn in his flesh. If you haven't done a study on it, not familiar with it, look it up. For the sake of time, I'm just going to sort of paraphrase. But he said, there was given to me a tormenting spirit and this spirit kept me broken, humble and dependent is the, is the gist of what he's saying. And what he was saying was, when I'm weak, I am strong. I will boast all the more of my weakness because that is the source of my power, my strength. When we realize, for me, anxiety was a real deal that I had to tackle with for, for years. I had a four-month stint where I was severely anxious and had frequent and severe pa uh, panic attacks. Like, you wouldn't believe the extent of this. When your heart is racing all the time, where you don't have a good night's sleep, where you're filled with self-doubt and you're filled with insecurity and you're filled, you're filled with 
this, this muddiness in your, in your thinking and your, it's just this no peace. And it's a real deal. And then God smashed me and said, this is like the thorn of your flesh. And when you learn to flip it around, it'll actually be your source of power. It'll actually be the, the thing that just accelerates you into my presence. Anything that I can look at and say, this is beneficial, and I'm going to respond to it not by... The thing about anxiety is you get anxious about being anxious. So it's this vicious cycle of, oh my goodness, the anxiety's back. Oh no, now I'm anxious because I'm thinking about my anxiety. Therefore, it's this vicious cycle that you get stuck in. But when you can disarm that by saying, no, this is beneficial. I'm going to push into God all the more. I'm going to, I'm going to let this circumstance accelerate and propel me into the presence of God. I'm going to make a, a, just a hard, fast decision that every time the enemy attacks me, I'm going to get a bigger person. I'm going to become more broken. I'm going to become more dependent. I'm going to seek, seek the scriptures out and take captive every thought. I'm going to do whatever I can. Did that burp come through the mic? Or was that more of an inner, inner burp? <laughs> but it's getting into this place where we realize that every time the enemy attacks us, it's actually to our advantage. When it's God smiling down from heaven saying, Juz, you can handle this. As long as there's no obvious habitual sin that I'm not dealing with or not confessing, I'm keeping in the dark. As long as it's not me saying, oh, I'm sure this is fine, I'll continue doing this, but it's, you know, it's for my benefit. It's not about, the Bible talks about how can we say that we're free from sin if we live in it? If we're free from it by His grace and by His power, it's not, you can't justify it. The power of God enables me to overcome sin, not to justify sin. The power of God enables me to work hard, not to be lazy. 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I am what I am by the grace of God, and this grace to me was not that, without effect. I worked harder than all of them, but not either work, but the grace of God, the empowerment of God that was with me. The power of God enables me to be a bigger person. The power of God enables me to rise above temptation. I, I was a severe um, cigarette addict for years, two packs a day. I'd put one out as I'm lighting the other one and just chuffing them down all day long. And I tried everything that the world had to give me to try and break that addiction. I tried lozenges, not just like butter menthols, but like nicotine lozenges. I tried patches. I tried um, nicotine gum. I tried everything to no avail. I got one scripture. I got revelation on that scripture. I got that scripture inside of me. And there was enough power in one little scripture to overcome an addiction that I couldn't any other way. We've got to realize his power is incomparable. His power is an incomparably great power. That scripture in Ephesians, it says it's a resurrection power. This same power raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father. This power that we can access daily is a resurrection power. Why don't we? Why do we let laziness? Why do we let apathy? Why do we let distractions? Why do we let wrong priorities stop us from daily connecting heart to heart with an all-powerful God, life becomes easier. Satisfaction levels go up and become genuine. Everything that you think in life is hard becomes easier. I look at my life a year ago, and what, what made me come unstuck then? Easy now. Because I've learned to connect heart to heart, for real, with my God every day of my life. 
I said it on Sunday when I was meeting leading. I said, if we don't live by priorities, we'll be led by emotions or dictated to by circumstance. We've got to live our life by what's truly important and frequently take an audit of our life and say, this is what I do every day, no matter what. Pastor Phil talks about every day before work, he's got five things he does. No matter, doesn't matter where he is in the, on the planet because he travels a lot. This is what I do every day because they're, they're my priorities. He does in-depth Bible studies. He does quality prayer time. He worships God. He exercises. He does these things every day. And I'm trying to follow the example of my leader because his life has some decent fruit attached to it. But you look at it and you go, okay, am I going to live by priorities or am I going to be dictated to by circumstance or led by my fickle emotions as Christians said in the leaders meeting? We've got to decide right now, am I going to connect for real with the power of God every day? Or am I going to get distracted? Am I going to get apathetic? Am I going to be half-hearted? Or am I going to be consumed by the things of God? We've got to be wholeheartedly consumed by the things of God because He is all-powerful. The Bible says, apart from Him, we can do nothing. But with Him, all things are possible. With Him, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not I can do all things. It's I can do all things through him. I've got to learn to live through his incomparably great power. It's such a beautiful thing when you can, when you can face the circumstance and you prioritize the things of God and the circumstance just works itself out. Do you know how many times I've seen that? Something that was bugging me and freaking me out. But instead of worrying about that, I decided to magnify God. This issue gets sorted. The amount of anonymous checks have been given to Talia and I. The amount of random blessings that have come our way when we've decided, no, I'm not going to be worried about this. I'm going to seek first his kingdom and righteousness and by his power, he'll supply all my needs. By his power, he'll enable me to produce wealth. By his power, by his power, by his power. 2 Peter 1.3, I'm going to break it down a little bit. It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who's called us according to his goodness and glory, so that by these we may receive his very great and precious promises, and so that by them we may participate in his divine nature and escape the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. His. Whose power is it? His power. Not my power. Not mental strength. Not emotional strength. Not physical strength. But the power of the Spirit residing in me. I'm going to talk... I promised to preach short, didn't I? It's my favorite thing to preach about. Um, his divine power, supernatural, eternal, heavenly, unlimited power. When the, when the apostle said, how do we pray? He said, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pull down the realities of heaven and release them in our lives and in the lives of those around us and in our connect groups. His divine has given us past tense on the cross. That's enough. All the power from heaven was released on the cross. The, the Holy Spirit was sent, the all-powerful attribute of the Trinity, like Jesus, but living in the heart of every born-again believer, was sent. And we've got to learn how to tap into it by faith. We've got to learn how to, how to reach out and grab it and release it. It's given us everything we need, not part of what we need, everything. All-powerful, everything we need for life and godliness, for life, what you do, for godliness, who you are, your character. I pray every morning, I've got this prayer that I'm working on, that I'm going to get tattooed all up my arm. It's going to be awesome. And it says, it, part of it says, God, I thank you that your divine power has given me everything I need for everything I have to do today and everything I have to be today. 
Who I am and what I do is found only in the power of God. Only in the power of God. Otherwise, I'm going to be living in my own strength and repenting of all the things I did wrong. So I used to live my life. You know, the, the whole, yeah. Has given us everything we need, life and God, through our knowledge of Him, through first hand revelation of who He is. If I want to know how to get healed, I get a revelation that Jesus is my healer. If I want to get provision, I get a revelation on Jesus as my provider. How do you do that? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. Get the Word of God in you and just chew it over. 2 Corinthians 4.13, it is written, I believe, therefore I've spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore speak. Know what's written, believe what's written, confess what's written. It is written. Know what's written. Know what the Scriptures say about God's healing attribute. Know what the Scripture says about the power of God, about overcoming temptation. Know what it says. Meditate on it till you believe what it says. And then confess what it says. I'm going to cull so much of this message. I'm going to have to. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Spirit to spirit. Not spirit to head, not spirit to emotions, not spirit to body. Spirit to spirit. We've got to learn how to open up our spirit. We've got to We've got to be honest enough with God to say, hey, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief and access the gift of faith. That's a wild thought. That faith is, is called a gift in 1 Corinthians 12 when it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And it's accessed by grace, which is, which is um, found through humility. So if I come to God and say, I'm raw and honest, I, I do have doubt, God. There's a story in the Bible with a dad who's got a sick daughter. Is it that one or the Roman centurion? Should have done my research. It wasn't in the notes. It's just sick. Yeah, 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 that one. Um, so he came to Jesus and he goes, can you heal my daughter? We're going to go with that one. Can you heal my daughter? And Jesus said to him, do you believe I can do it? And his, his humble response was, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Then he received a miracle from God. He was humble enough to say, there is doubt. And Jesus said, because of your honesty, because of your humility, I'm going to give you the gift of faith so that you can receive from me. What a stinking good God. That he gives us what we need to receive from himself. That's a mind blow. That's when you can come to God. His divine power has given us everything we need for life. And God is through our knowledge of him. He's called us according to his goodness and his glory. He's called us according to his good nature, his selfless, unconditional, loving nature. That he loves us so much that he'll give us the faith that we need to receive from himself if we'll be broken and humble enough. If we'll come to him raw and real. Oh, we're going to see that happen tonight. We're going to see people coming. And yeah, I do believe, but I have unbelief. God, give me the faith I need. Then the gift of faith can come and be injected into your spirit so that you can receive something from him that leaves you eternally different. His goodness and his glory. He calls us by His goodness and He calls us by His glory. What is His glory? It's the weight of His presence. When you worship and you, and you have that shift in the atmosphere and you sense, you sense He's close, He calls you by that, by the weight of His presence. 
so that you can access his divine promises. You access his promises by knowing his goodness and experiencing and getting into an atmosphere of his tangible presence. Faith is the conduit. Faith. Know what's written, believe what's written, confess what's written. I've spoken tonight about the power of God. I'm going to lead people through a bit of a prayer before we actually release some guys to, to lay hands and pray with people. But we've got to get to the point where we, where we realize if we're in faith or not and be humble enough to ask God to help us to get into faith. And the goodness of God and the glory of God will take us into a place where we can receive a miracle tonight that leaves you never to be the same again. Circumstances reversed in a moment. Breakthroughs take place. Anxieties dissipate and dissolve. This anxiety I suffered with for years. And I remember wrestling with God and my perspective was shifted with Paul's thorn in the flesh revelation. And I felt in a moment of time I encountered, I encountered the power of God and I felt this thing lift like a blanket, like a sleeping bag more, like, like a cocoon, like I was totally engulfed and I was suffering day in, day out for four months. And I remember praying and crying out to God and he said, do you believe your prayers? I said, God, I'm praying about it. He goes, but do you believe your prayers? I'm like, oh, well, I'm moaning about the fact that I haven't received from you, so obviously not. And he smashed me. I want to talk about at the end of the ministry time, how to sustain and keep your breakthrough, keep your miracle. One of the things God said to me very clearly was the indication of whether you're in faith or not is the words you speak when you're not praying. We run to God in, with prayers and we, we cry out to Him and then we go away and moan or criticize or complain or, or we sit there doubting or we sit there... And Did I believe the prayer I prayed? Obviously not. Because out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth speaks and I'm undoing the miracle. I'm undoing the Word of God. I'm disqualifying myself from receiving by going to this double-mindedness and this doubt, instead of saying, God, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Instead of saying, God, give me what I need in this moment. And then from that moment, taking captive every thought and making obedient to Christ, taming my tongue so that what I speak lines up with what His Word declares. It talks about, oh, there's so much goodness in the Word of God. The end. Um, oh, the, so bad with notes. How would we act if we truly believe we've received what we've asked for? Our actions are an indication also of my faith. If I'm sitting there going, God, I believe I've got a breakthrough in this area, but I'm living timidly, I'm living contrary to what I'm confessing, then do I actually believe my words or am I lying to myself and lying to God? We've got to look at ourselves. That's why you see healing evangelists, they go, all right, I've prayed for healing, now act upon your healing. Do something you couldn't do previously. Take Jesus with you. Don't look for the pain, but look for Jesus. Take him with you in that moment. Because that's saying to myself, okay, firstly, do I believe? Yep, I've confessed it. Now I'm going to act in a certain way. I'm going to speak a certain way. That lines up with the word of God. Not disqualifying it, not undermining it, but allowing it to become a reality in, in my world. I'll get the band to come up. There's people here tonight and you're facing all sorts of things in your world. You need a breakthrough relationally, financially. You're suffering from dark thoughts or depressive thoughts. You're suffering from anxieties or you're suffering from panic or fear. You're being tormented. You're being whatever it is you're going through. I urge you to come quickly down the front and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then we're going to let people come and pray with you. 
and believe in impartation, believe for an encounter with the power of God for real that'll leave you completely set free, completely made whole. So we're going to just sing, carried away that song. But I want you to come, I want everyone to stand to their feet. And if, if you're here tonight, you're saying, I fit one of those categories. I just want you to come bold and come quick down the front. If you're here tonight, you're saying, I don't want to live in this habitual sin anymore. I don't want to suffer from temptation ruling my life. I don't want to have these cloudy, muddy thoughts. I don't want to have, I don't want to have any more. You don't have to leave this place the way you came in. There is enough of His tangible power present to liberate you wholeheartedly. Before we sing, I want everyone to close their eyes. Everyone down the front, close your eyes and look away to God. And I want you to just repeat these these words after me, but pray them from your heart. Just say, I thank you, Lord, that you have qualified me so that nothing can disqualify me from receiving from you tonight. I thank you that my faith is not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I thank you that your power is an incomparably great power. I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Now, as we're worshiping, for a few, the first few moments, I want you to receive whatever it is you're asking for. I want you to get to the place where you have received it, and then you're going to receive it. Mark 11:22 says this: "Have faith in God." I tell you the truth: if anyone speaks to this mountain and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says shall happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you. Whatever you ask for in prayer, if you believe you have received it, then you shall have it. In this worship, I want you to receive it. Then when we come and pray, you shall have it. You shall have it. Never to be the same again. Not leaving, carrying the same junk with you, but it's left here at this altar in His presence. God, right now, we thank you that we have an expectant heart to receive from you for real. Every limitation we put on you, we we throw it away. Every doubt, we leave it at the foot of the cross right now. And we thank you for the gift of faith being injected into our heart. I declare breakthrough. I declare liberty. I declare freedom. I declare wholeness. Thank you, God, that we will know your truth and the truth will set us free. I pray that out of your glorious riches here tonight, you may strengthen us with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Jesus dwells in our heart by faith. Let's worship him and the ministry team, if you could just start laying hands in a few moments. But let's literally get carried away and magnify him and let our issues dissipate and dissolve.